Chapter Four of the Quest of the Sacred Slipper by Sax Romer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: The Oblong Box. You had better wait for us," said Bristol to the taxi-man. "Very good, sir, but I shan't be able to take you further back than the Brixton garage. You can get another cab from there, though." A clock chimed out an old-world chime in keeping with the loneliness the curiously remote loneliness of the locality less than five miles from st paul's are spots whereto with the persistence of damascus attar clings the aroma of former days this iron gateway fronting the old chapel was such a spot just within stood a plain-clothes man who saluted my companion respectfully professor deeping i began the man with a simple gesture conveyed the dreadful news dead dead i cried incredulously he glanced at bristol the most mysterious case i have ever had anything to do with sir he said the power of speech seemed to desert me it was unthinkable that deeping with whom i had been speaking less than an hour ago should now be no more that some malign agency should thus murderously have thrust him into the great borderland in that kind of silence which seems to be peopled with whispering spirits we strode forward along the elm avenue it was very dark where the moon failed to penetrate the house low and rambling came into view its facade bathed in silver light two of the visible windows were illuminated a sort of loggia ran along one side on our left as we made for this lay a black ocean of shrubbery it intruded raggedly upon the weed-grown path for neglect was the keynote of the place we entered the cottage crossed the tiny lobby and came to the study a man evidently deeping servant was sitting in a chair by the door his head sunken into his hands he looked up haggard-faced my god my god he groaned he was locked in gentlemen he was locked in and yet something murdered him what do you mean said bristol where were you i was away on an errand sir when i returned the police were knocking the door down he was locked in we passed him entering the study it was a museum-like room lighted by a lamp on the littered table at first glance it looked as though some wild thing had run amuck there the disorder was indescribable touched nothing of course asked bristol sharply of the officer on duty nothing sir it's just as we found it when we forced the door why did you force the door he rung us up at the station and said that something or somebody had got into the house it was evident the poor gentleman's nerve had broken down sir he said he was locked in his study when we arrived it was all in darkness but we thought we heard sounds in there what sort of sounds something crawling about bristol turned gears in the lock on the inside of the door he said is that where you found it yes sir he looked across to where the brass knob of a safe gleamed dully safe locked yes sir Professor Deeping lay half under the table, a spectacle so ghastly that I shall not attempt to describe it. "'Merciful heavens!' whispered Bristol. "'He's nearly decapitated!' I clutched dizzily at the mantelpiece. It was all so utterly, incredibly horrible. How had Deeping met his death? The windows both were latched, and the window had been locked from within. "'You searched for the murderer, of course?' asked Bristol. "'You can see, sir.' replied the officer that there isn't a spot in the room where a man could hide there was nobody in here when we forced the door why cried my companion suddenly the professor has a chisel in his hand yes i think he must have been trying to prise open that box yonder when he was attacked 
Bristol and I looked together at an oblong box which lay upon the floor near the murdered man. It was a kind of small packing-case addressed to Professor Deeping, and evidently had not been opened. "'When did this arrive?' asked Bristol. Lester, the professor's man, who had entered the room, replied shakily, "'It came by carrier, sir, just before I went out.' "'Was he expecting it?' "'I don't think so.' inspector bristol and the officer dragged the box fully into the light it was some three feet long by one foot square and solidly constructed it is perfectly evident remarked bristol that the murderers stayed to search for the key of the safe exactly if the men really heard sounds there it would appear that the assassin was still searching at that time i assure you the officer interrupted that there was no living thing in the room when we entered bristol and i looked at one another in horrified wonder it's incomprehensible he said see if the key is in the place mentioned by the professor mr cavanagh whilst i break the box i went to a great open bookcase which the frantic searcher seemed to have overlooked removing the bulky assyrian mythology there behind the volume lay an envelope containing a key and a short letter not caring to approach more closely to the table and to that which lay beneath it i was peering at the small writing in the semi-gloom by the bookcase when bristol cried this box is unopenable by ordinary means i shall have to smash it at his words i joined him where he knelt on the floor mysteriously the chest had defied all his efforts there's a pickaxe in the garden volunteered lester shall i bring it yes the man ran off i see the key is safe said bristol possibly the letter may throw some light upon all this let us hope so i replied you might read it he took the letter from my hand stepped up to the table and by the light of the lamp read as follows my dear cavanagh it has now become apparent to me that my life is in imminent danger you know of the inexplicable outrages which marked my homeward journey and if this letter comes to your hand it will be because these have culminated in my death the idea of a pursuing scimitar is not new to me this phenomenon which i have now witnessed three times is fairly easy of explanation but its significance is singular it is said to be one of the devices whereby the hashishin warn those whom they have marked down for destruction and is called in the east the scimitar of hassan the hashishin were the members of a moslem secret society founded in ten ninety by one hassan of khorashan there is a persistent tradition in parts of the orient that this sect still flourishes in Assyria under the rule of a certain hassan of aleppo the sheik al-jabal or supreme lord of the hashishin my careful inquiries however at the time that i was preparing matter for my assyrian mythology failed to discover any trace of such a person or such a group i accordingly assumed hassan to be a myth a first cousin to the jinn i was wrong he exists and by my supremely rash act i have incurred his vengeance for hassan of aleppo is the self-appointed guardian of the traditions and relics of mohammed and i have stolen one of the holy slippers of the prophet he with some of his servants has followed me from mecca to england my precautions have enabled me to retain the relic but you have seen what fate befell all those others who even touched the receptacle containing it if i fall victim to the hashishin i am uncertain how you as my confidant will fare therefore i have locked the slipper in my safe and to you entrust the key i append particulars of the lock combination but i warn you do not open the safe if their wrath be visited upon you your possession of the key may prove a safeguard 
take a copy of assyrian mythology you will find in it all that i learned respecting the hashishin if i am doomed to be assassinated it may aid you if not in avenging me and saving others from my fate i fear i shall never see you again a cloud of horror settles upon me like a pall do not touch the slipper nor the case containing it edward deeping it is almost incredible i said hoarsely bristol returned the letter to me without a word and turning to lester who had re-entered carrying a heavy pickaxe he attacked the oblong box with savage energy through the house of death the sound of blows echoed and rang with a sort of sacrilegious mockery the box fell to pieces my god look sir lester was the trembling speaker the box i have said was but three feet long by one foot square and had clearly defied poor deeping's efforts to open it but a crescent-shaped knife wet with blood lay within End of chapter four